But it's good to be back. It's good to be here. We're in 2024. And so welcome to all of you here. There's some familiar faces that have come back and joined us. Welcome back, Aileen. It's good to see you. Uh, you know, I know God has blessed you out in, is it Horn, was it Hornsby? I know the Lord has blessed you and you come back richer and fuller with experiences with God and looking forward to sharing the journey with you uh, as we journey. And again, welcome to Pastor Tom and also to Nisha. Uh, looking forward again to what God has got planned and, or in store for us. Um, welcome, Barbara. Happy Sabbath. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, we, we are always praying and we know that uh, you've been unwell, you've been in and out of hospital as well and so praise God for his healing and his presence upon you. Praise God. Uh, and, and I know we've all had some, some challenges and some successes but we're here because God is good. God is good and all the time when we are down and out God is good all the time and all the time God is good and he is good because he doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves. Because if we were left to ourselves, we would all be lost. We would all be lost. No hope. Um, but today's message uh, is called Ask and Receive. What was that, church? Ask and, ask and Receive. You know, I've been journeying with, uh, and you all know him, Hunter. Hunter Ford. And he sometimes sends me long voicemails and we'll, we'll discuss the word. He's come across something that he's wrestling with and then I'll wrestle with it. And it's, trust me, it's better wrestling with him in the word than wrestling him in, with him on the mats uh, at his jiu-jitsu because uh, he really humbles me. Um, but I love rolling around in the word with him because he has questions, deep questions that make me really think. And he came to me and he asked me, Pastor, this, this verse here, in terms of asking and you shall receive, what if you receive nothing? Isn't that something? What if you receive nothing? Is that something? And I journeyed with it. I like to read the verse and then I like to read the verse in its context. And oftentimes if you just read that text... It was Matthew 7, verse 7 that he came to me about. And if you just read that text, that, that text, you can read it out of context. You can read it out of context because what are we asking for? Am I asking for, uh, you know, for money? Because it says, ask and you shall receive. Am I asking for healing? Because it says, if I ask, I receive it. But what is the text saying in its context? So we ha I read the whole of Matthew 7. And in Luke, if you can go with me to Luke chapter 11, verse 13. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, it's the same story. But the answer here, he's very specific in the answer. And so, ask and you shall receive and what, what follows after that? Anyone? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be open. But let's, close, let's, let's bow our heads and we'll start off with prayer. Father God, help us now. Bless us now with a word. And we ask for your Holy Spirit. In your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. If you then, 
being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I'll read it one more time. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who... What's the last one there? Last two words. Ask him. The text is saying, if us being evil, now it's just, we're not, we're, we are evil in terms of that we are sinners, right? We, we have fallen short of God. Our nature is bent towards sin. That's our nature. We're not born into the world with our arms wide open to God. We're born into the world with our backs turned towards God. That's how we're born. That's because of sin. The cost of sin is that we are born into a broken world. We are born into a world with a broken nature. We can't fix that. And so the, he's outlining, the author here is outlining that if we as evil or as sinners can give good gifts to our children, how much more will the good father, how much more will God give us the gift of the what? The Holy Spirit if we ask. This is the verse that is in context of when he says, ask and you shall receive, right? Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. He's talking about the Holy Spirit, not materialistic things. He's not talking about our circumstances. And and I, I, I wrestle with this because I've always often asked God, Lord, make me a better father. Lord, make me a better husband. Lord, make me a better disciple. These are specific things. They're not bad things, though, eh? They're good things. With our New Year's resolutions, you know, we, we always like to look at the things that hadn't been achieved and, all right, we're, this year we're going to make it happen. Trust me, Pastor knows. Last year, this time last year, I was 130. I'm probably like only 128 at the moment, and that's because I was sick. The New Year's resolution is what? Get lighter pasta. <laughs> so it, it's always things that we are trying to achieve that are either, it, it might be our circumstances, it might be, um, you know, material things, and material things that we might need. They're not bad things. But how much better if I as a husband, as, if I as a man, as a father, would kneel on my knees and pray for God for the Holy Spirit in my marriage, pray for the Holy Spirit for me as a father, pray for the Holy Spirit for me as a pastor or a disciple, the Holy Spirit knows what we need. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit knows what we need or pray before we even what? Before we even ask. So if we ask for the Spirit who knows what we need, Shouldn't be that the thing that we ask for as a church? Not a thing. Holy Spirit's a person. Shouldn't it be that the person that we ask for is the Holy Spirit in our lives? 
Because the Holy Spirit knows the things that are deep within us that we may not even know ourselves. And when I say the deep things that are in us, let's, let's, let's bring the, the woman at the well. Let's bring her in and ask her. I come here to get water. What do you have to draw water with? Right? Talking to Jesus, this woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. And the conversation, again, is around water. Right? It's around water. Then it becomes, the conversation becomes around worship. Uh, you Jews worship in that mountain. Us Samaritans worship up here in, the, uh, in that temple. And us Samaritans here worship uh, in the mountains. And Jesus says, neither there or here, but in spirit. Right? We will worship the Lord. Then the conversation moves from there. And she says, how do I get the water? How do I get this water that you're talking about? And Jesus says, go and get your husband. The Spirit knows the deep things that we, are, that we are struggling with. And so when the Spirit comes on to us, those things are brought out. Why? Because God wants to carry it. He doesn't want you to carry those, those deep things. The deep things that are keeping us from growing. The deep things that are keeping us from His Spirit. The deep things that are keeping us from experiencing the love of God. Those are the things that He's calling out of us. That's why He says, go get your husband. Because he wanted to address, address the thing that's stopping her from experiencing the love of God. I don't know what that is for you today. I don't know what that is for you as you journey throughout 2024. But whatever those things are, Jesus is calling you to let go. Jesus is calling you to, to, to surrender those things so that you can have room for the Spirit to bless you, for the Spirit to anoint you and fill you and have power to be what? Witnesses for Jesus in the community. Witnesses for Jesus in your own home, your own house. That when the kids look to you, that when your wife looks to you, or when the, the, the husband looks to the wife, that they see you are filled with the Spirit. Because the Spirit knows what you need. The Spirit knows what? Knows what you need. Turn to the person left and right of you and tell them, hey, the Spirit knows what you need. And then turn to the person behind you and tell them, just ask. Just ask and you shall receive. So Luke 11, chapter, uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 13 says that if evil parents know how to give good gifts, how much more will the good father give you the Holy Spirit if we ask? If we ask. It's simple. Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 21. We're going to look at a specific prophet uh, by the name of Elisha. Now, Elisha is, aside from Jesus, uh, performed the most miracles out of anyone in the Bible. Elisha performed the most miracles, aside from Jesus, than anyone else in the Bible. And Elisha is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. But we're going to look at chapter two, uh, 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 14 to 21. And so if, has anyone got uh, the black Bibles? Anyone got Bibles? Do you need one? 
Raise your hands. We'll get a deacon to run out, run, run out to you. Just raise your hand if you need one. We'll get a deacon to run one out to you. Yeah? And is there a hand up? Going once, twice, sold. All right. Don't worry, uh, Herman. It's all good. Thank you. So, in 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 Second Kings chapter thirteen, starting at verse fourteen and ending at twenty-one. Follow along as I read. It says, Then Jehoash, king of Israel, captured the Amaziah king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Ahaziah at the the son of Ahaziah at the Beth Shemesh, and he went to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate four hundred cubits. And he took all the gold and silver and articles that were found in the house of the Lord. Wrong. Sorry. It's chapter 13. I've read ahead. I've read ahead. So it's chapter 13, verse 14. Verse 14. So Elisha had become sick with illness of which he would die. Then... then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. Then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hands. And he said, Open the east window. And he opened it. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria, for you must strike the Syrians at Aphek till you have destroyed them. Then he said, take the arrows. So he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. So he struck three times and stopped. And, and the man of God was angry with him and said, You should have struck five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria till you have destroyed it. But now you will strike Syria only three times. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from Moab invaded the land in the spring of the year. So it was, as they were burying a man, that suddenly they spied a band of raiders and they put the man in the tomb of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood on his feet. Let me give you a bit of a picture of what I'm, I've just read. You've got Elisha, who's, who's giving this, these orders to, to these men and the, 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 the soon problem that will come with Syria. right? Cause, and he's angry that... They, they took the arrow and only, and only struck the ground three times because they do all these sorts of things to, to, to show uh, their, their, either their commitment or to show how, how, they're gonna, how this thing's going to play out. And because he only struck it three times, he says, I'm upset with you. You should have struck it five or six times because the Syrians would have been done away with then. But because you've only struck the ground three times, you're only going to strike the Syrians three times. But he is dying, Elisha. And so when he dies, they have this funeral. So they have this funeral and, and, and they're taking this other body to the gravesite where Elisha is buried. And, 
And, and it says that the Moabs were hiding. They were ready to strike during this funeral. And out, of, out come these Moabites and they start striking. And so what happens is they drop the body inside where the bones of Elisha is. And the body hits the bones of Elisha. And this is the very last miracle of Elisha while he's dead. Is that when that corpse touches the body of Elisha, it comes to life. Or he, he comes to life. And the Bible says that he shot up and he ran. It's probably the first time you'll ever see that the corpse would get up and run faster than the pallbearers. Right? This is what's happening in the story. This, this dead body touches the bones of Elisha and he gets up and he sees what's happening. There's Moabites attacking and he runs. Amazing story, eh? And we could quickly miss the miracle because of what's happening, the attack that's happening around us. But his bones come into contact with Elisha and the man is revived and lives again. Is there something special about Elisha's bones? Is there something that Elisha ate? Maybe he was vegetarian. Maybe he was vegetarian that when the, when, when the bones, when the body touched the, um, the bones of Elisha, he was revived to health. Maybe he knew his doctrine. Maybe he knew his Bible like no one else before and that when that dead body touched the bones, he was revived. Maybe his family was, I don't know, 10, 20 generations of Adventism that when, his, when, the, when the body touched the bones, he came to life. What did Elisha have for a dead body to come into contact with his bones and live again. Let's read. Let's go back. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Turn with me. Can I have a volunteer to read that one for me? Just put your hand nice and high so I can run the mic to you. Second Kings chapter 2, verse 9. Is it, have I got a reader? Awesome, Jen. Um, my mic doesn't stretch up. Are you okay to come up and read it for me? Thank you, Jen. So chapter 2 and verse 9. Thanks. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon thee. What was it about Elisha's bones that would bring a dead corpse to touch it and bring it back to life? It's the spirit. Elisha asked. He saw Elijah's ministry and said, there is spirit with this man, and I want a double portion. I believe we as a church should be praying for the spirit in these last days. Because it's not our efforts that will complete the work. It's not the food pantry and the stuff that we do out in the community. It's the Holy Spirit that will help us to complete the work. How much more do we need it? If Jesus recognizes that that's the gift we ought to need and ask for, we need it. We need it. 
And so Elisha recognizes this and says, I want a double portion, Elijah. Before you leave, give me a double portion of that spirit. Samson, we often think that it's his strength that he was known for. And yes, he did some mighty things in his strength. But if we read our word properly, every time he moved to do something, it said the Spirit of God came upon him and then he ripped the gates off. The Spirit of God came upon him and he killed the lion. The Spirit of God came upon him and he was able to kill many Philistines. That's why when they asked him, where does your power come from? He didn't point to the Holy Spirit. He didn't point to God. He pointed to his long hair and his heritage. That's why he lost his power. Because the power is given to us through the what? The Holy Spirit. You and I simply need to ask. And I don't think we, and including myself, I don't think we, we, we fully grasp the need of the Holy Spirit. I'm only just starting a journey with it. I'm only just starting to ask for the Holy Spirit in every part of my life. Because the Spirit knows what we need. And so if we ask, we will receive, church. That's the promise. That's the hope. That if we ask, despite where we are in our journey with Christ, whether it's down, whether it's up, whether it's in the middle, if we ask God for the Spirit, we will receive. We will receive. Let's come to our last text for the day. Ezekiel. Chapter 36, if you can come with me to Ezekiel chapter 36, you might be asking, how do I receive the Spirit with having such a hard heart? You know, I'm set in my ways, I'm stubborn, you know, my, my wife knows this, I'm stubborn. And so when I want to emphasize a point, I'm stuck to that point until God humbles me. You know, that's why I always say, be careful, humble yourself. Because when, if you don't, humble, God has a way of humbling you. And he does that all the time with me. So um, Ezekiel chapter 36, if you could turn with me there. Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26 to 27. This will be our last one. So 36. All right, can I have one more volunteer to read that last one for us? One more. Anyone? Yeah, come on up, Jetley. Twenty-six to... Yeah, and Now I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit with, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and, and you will keep my judgments and you will and you and, and do them. Yeah. Thank you, Jet Lee. So it says, I will give you a new, what, a new heart. This comes from Deuteronomy where God says, you know what, I realized that you can't keep my commandments. 
So I'm going to do, I'm going to do you one better. I'm going to inscribe those laws on your hearts. And, and I promise you that I'll be the one to do it. And Ezekiel here echoes that same message in Deuteronomy, right? Because we in our own efforts can't keep it. That's why it saddens me, like I shared last year, the statistics that show in our SBD, and I'm, and I'm sure globally as Adventists, that we believe by keeping these commandments we will go to heaven. It saddens me because no one can keep it. And I say it all the time, if we can keep it, there'd be no reason for Jesus to come. If we could. But here it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. Does a heart of stone, does it pound? It's just rock solid. It doesn't move. It doesn't pump life throughout your body. It just, it's set in its way. God says, and the hope is that God is able to move that heart and give you a heart of flesh that, that functions, a heart of flesh that works. And so it says, I will put my spirit, he doesn't finish it just the heart, he says, I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Do we do it in our efforts? Or is it because the spirit and the heart he's put in us that we are able to walk with Christ? Family, I honestly believe that we as a church should be praying more, even in our services. I know we do it to the program that we pray in our, to start the service, that we pray for the main part of the service, but do we pray as a family? And I think that's, that's where I'm going to end my appeal. My appeal is not to, for you to stand. My appeal is that if you are able, kneel with me and pray for the Holy Spirit. In our church, in our families, pray that we are given a new heart and that we have removed our old heart that is stony, removed from us. Because in that way, when we get out of the God's way, God can begin to do things in our life. Give up our efforts to try and fix us and start letting God do the marvelous work that he can do on us. So my appeal today is that if you can kneel with me, if you're able, if not, just stay seated with your eyes closed, head bowed, um, I want us to pray. And before I pray to close, I want you to just pray with the person next to you or pray as a family. And just, we're not asking for the multiple things to happen. We're asking for the Holy Spirit. That's what we're asking for specifically. Because if we ask, we will what? We will receive. If we seek, we will what? We will find. If we knock, the door will be opened. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit being coming into our lives. Let's, let's pray together as families, and then uh, I'll close us off in a word of prayer. So I'll give us two to three minutes to pray with each other, and then I'll just pray over. Father God, we come before your throne this morning here on your day, the Sabbath. 
A lot of needs we have, but none more than the need of the Holy Spirit. Lord, without your Spirit, we are able to, to do nothing. We are able to bring up the deep things that we need to surrender to you. We need your Spirit to call it out. We need your Spirit to take it from us, Lord Father. As we have seen or, heard or read the story of Elisha, who was buried, that when a corpse touched his bones, it was revived. I pray, Father, for our lives to be just like that. That we are filled so much with the Spirit that those who come into the contact with us, they are brought to life because of the Son, Jesus. That they are brought to life not because of us, but because of the Spirit in us. Lord, it is your Spirit that will finish the work. Not our strength, nor our might, nor our knowledge. None of that will be able to complete the work but your Spirit. Lord, if we've journeyed into 2024 with hearts of stone, I ask that you remove our hearts of stone and have it in place for hearts of flesh, as you've shared with us in Ezekiel. And that you would put in us, Lord Father, your Spirit and cause us, Lord Father, to walk in your statutes, to walk in the will and the purpose that you have for us as your church, as your family. I pray, Lord, because I know that when we ask you for the Spirit, you will promise you will give. And so, Father, we seek for your Spirit. We know we will find it. We knock, Lord Father, for your Spirit, and we know it will be opened up to us. And so I pray here and now for all our families, for all our marriages, for all our children, and for the mission of the church here in Wagga, who pray this in the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior. Amen and amen.